You're listening to Kapow, the pop culture podcast. Comics, television, movies, and more. If it impacts fan culture, we have something to say about it. And now, your hosts, Jordan, Cliff, and Seth. Hello to all of you out there. My name is Jordan Lowe. Cliff Barnes. <laughs> I'm Seth. And you're listening to Cup How the Pop Culture Podcast. Guy out front should have told you. Yeah. <laughs> this is a, this is gonna be a regular episode. We're we're kinda we're we're grasping at straws here trying to find an intro. Anybody good trivia? I'll throw that out there. Oh. What happened to trivia this week? Yeah, I didn't go. Still no waiting, medals yet. Still no waiting on those medals. Yes. They yeah. haven't engraved our names for the for the, uh, the legacy. The plaque or whatever. Did they have the plaque up with our picture there yet? I didn't see it. Mm. Mm. Well, I mean, is there other years with pictures of people? It doesn't matter. <laughs> they did a tournament last year, but I've not seen. It's like, at home. Yeah. They do it underneath the plaque. Yeah. Mm. That's the and more. <laughs> <laughs> there, you wanted an intro. <laughs> why, uh, why do you want it to win so bad? I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, so you got? Did you guys go yesterday or not? Yeah, you went. Yeah, Jared went. Did we get what second place? Ah, uh, yes, we? second. Yeah. Mm. Tiny pizza. Yeah, medium or small. Hmm. Did everyone chasing? Else? We're chasing the glory of the large. Yeah, you can't win a large anymore, right? Is first place even a medium? Yeah, Are first they place is a, yeah. First place is a medium. We used to win larges, but I, I I take it personally. I feel like they change rules, right? Just willy nilly. It's yeah. you know like you you know the the major league baseball had to raise the mound because the hitters were too good. Mm-hmm. They had to move the fences back because they're hitting too many home runs. Like. They're like, we got to shrink these pizzas. <laughs> We're giving away too many pies. <laughs> so do you all walk it? Do you wait and we'll all walk in at once to thunderous applause? And We like to sneak in separately. Uh, that's not <laughs> as fun. So Okay. Uh, what are we doing this week? Comics. Dazzling everyone with our wit. <laughs> Can't you tell? Did you say comics? Can you read this? There's no pictures. Well, some people use their imagination. Well, I must hurry back to my comic book store where I dispense the insults rather than absorb them. It happens all the time. Read a comic book, okay? <laughs> now look, if there's a moment of silence, I'm going to hit the button. I knew you were going to hit the button. <laughs> He's off. He's, I can't see you. The, the laptop blocks your hand. I can't, uh, I can't see you reaching for that mouse. I need hand signals. Right. Hey, comic books. You guys like those, right? Yeah. Yeah. Finally, oil machine we are. Uh, well, you're in luck then, because I found some news about comic books. Where? <laughs> um, just today, have you heard of Undiscovered Country from Image Comics? Nope. Well, it hasn't even come out yet. It's out uh, due out November 6th. Well, they just sold the film rights today for over a million dollars before the first issue is out. Who's right now? It is co-written by Scott Snyder and Charles Soule, with art by Giuseppe Camancoli. And New Republic Pictures just as an undisclosed sum, but it's at least seven figures, 
with plans for a potential franchise, because every movie is a franchise now. Uh, the basic plot is America has literally walled itself off from the rest of the world, and it's been like 30 years. No one comes in, no one goes out, nobody knows what's going on inside, and there's a team, so some kind of global pandemic has happened, and a team breaches the border for the first time in decades, and they have to try and survive whatever America has become as we've taken isolationism to the uh, nth degree, so... It's a cool concept. It's the image's biggest launch in a while with you know big marquee names and Hollywood seems to agree. Right. Uh, we also had an announcement today. Uh, the Dark Knight Returns colon The Golden Child. Yeah, I did see something about this. Coming out in December. Uh, Frank Miller, it's set about three years after Dark Knight 3. Uh, Frank Miller is writing it, but he's not drawing it. The artist is Raphael Grandpa who is a Brazilian artist. He's worked on a couple things. He has not had a big, like, successful run on a comic book. He's done a ton of covers. He's done a lot of short stories. His art is very cool. It has kind of a Frank Quietly vibe to it. It's kind of uh, a little bit abstract. A little, you know, the the you know, the anatomy and stuff is kind of crazy looking. But he, it's very dynamic art looking. Art style. Uh, and Frank Miller's quote trying to describe it was amazing. Quote, it's about, oh, it's about Jonathan Kent, who was the son of Superman and Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he was a baby in the, the last series. Wonder Woman carried around a little Amazonian papoose kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. So now he's a little bit older, it's about three years later, and he has, quote, all the wisdom and intelligence of the Kryptonian race. He really sort of developed as a little floating Buddha, someone who, when he wasn't even a toddler yet, was speaking in full sentences and had an understanding of events that surpassed anybody else's. He's the most magical member of the family. Okay. So I want a little super Buddha. (laughs) Super Buddha. I'm in. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of the Batman, uh, have you heard the rumors? We're getting a new Batman. What? In 2020. Yeah. Is this the black Batman? We're getting a black Batman. Wow. Go on. Uh, there's not much out. It's just kind of rumors at this point. But as I think it, I think Bleeding Cool kind of broke. It's just all oh, people have been talking you know, at the bars after cons, and this has kind of gotten out. It's not Bruce, because people are like, you can't. You're changing Bruce Wayne's race? Like, no, obviously not. <laughs> uh, but someone else is donning the cow. The first assumption was this newer character, Duke Thomas, who is mm-hmm. the Signal character, yep. the guy in the yellow suit. But the rumor, you know, the the bleeding cool rumor is like, no, it's not him. So the the, the money is on Luke Fox, who mm-hmm. is Lucius Fox's son, mm. and he is currently Batwing. Yeah, yeah. For the Batman International, you know, coalition of Batman from other countries and right. things. So that's that makes sense. That's what people are betting on. But Marshall Ali is like. Oh, <laughs> if I just Dang. held out a little longer, yeah. Maybe all the speculators are scooping up all those early Batwing appearances, thinking this is a big deal. <laughs> but, and of course, it was met with, you know, people were pretty even keeled about it and took a wait and see approach, right? Right. I'm sure they were all cool with it. Oh yeah, that's what always happens. I mean, I didn't check the internet, but mm. I uh, assume that. Right, right. that 
Which, again, how many times has Batman been replaced? Right. By That sounds cool for a couple of years. Mm. And then it'll be exciting when Bruce Wayne comes back, whatever. It can be... Both things can be cool. <laughs> uh, speaking of awkward uh, racial overtones... <laughs> DC recalled two books very recently. They were on my invoice. I never ended up getting them, but they were ready to ship. Superman mm-hmm. number 14 and Supergirl number 33 when they issued a recall. And the reason was that it had a, a they're currently in the Year of the Villain storyline run through all the DC books. And it said it had the Year of the Villain banner on the cover, but that didn't reflect the story. So we had to recall these and the more cynical among folks were like, half these books have barely anything to do with the year of the villain. It's just, you know, if Lex Luthor pops up for a, you know, a, a panel on the last page, it's year of the villain tie-in. So that seems awfully expensive scrapping a whole mm-hmm. print run of books just for, you know, the a cover blurb. But these are the issues the Legion of Superheroes were supposed to return. Right. And again, there were stories coming out online of like, DC going after eBay accounts for like some retailers had, had gotten them who shipped a little earlier. Like DC was trying to stop eBay sales because they said destroy them, get rid of them. I saw somewhere they said the postal workers were ripping open boxes and like looking for copies in people's what. Bo- so it's like people are like what is going on? And again, mostly led by bleeding cool. I do look at other websites, but this is the one that usually <laughs> has all the gossip and rumors and stuff. But. Uh, they had put out a few you know, teasers and promo images of the Legion, and they had changed the race of a couple characters. Because when the Legion came out, these are the characters from the year 3000. Right. It's the future, and they were all white. Mm-hmm. You know, so over the years, they've tried to be more inclusive and add diversity to it. Um, and they've changed a few of the characters around for you know, even more modern take on it. Well, apparently, images people had online... And some of these early sneak peeks, this character was had his race changed, but in the books that came out, they hadn't changed it. Oh, so okay. like, one was dark, but he wasn't dark enough, and one mm-hmm. was too dark. You know, so, so that that's people are freaking out. Like, well, we don't even know who's black in the Legion. <laughs> Somebody's black, but we don't know who. They're changing <laughs> them back and forth. So nobody really knows what happened. Uh, there were debates whether it was like the senior editorial making last-minute changes, and then, like, the, the Superman group editorial, like, lower down, said we're not changing it. So, there, you know, there, it was internal debates or internal politics or whatever. But after Bleeding Cool broke this story, it did 15 clickbait articles about it mm-hmm. and, and frothed everybody up, uh, apparently the book came out, w- uh, the reprint of it, and nothing had changed. They left whatever character just kind of tan, <laughs> whatever. So I think DC like got gun shy, like they knew they got busted. Of mm-hmm. oh well, if we make him, if we make this character black or change this, so I, it it was they scrapped two entire print runs of a book and then literally only changed the banner on the cover yeah, or gave it a new thing. cover. So it got a lot of good articles about it and uh, comments online. <laughs> Actually, that helps prove my next my next story. Uh, the Russian Minister of Culture thinks comic book readers are morons. <laughs> well, uh, the thirty second Moscow International Book Fair 
just happened. I don't know if you guys oh, are pe- checking that out. How did I miss that? Yeah. And yeah, the Russian Minister of Culture, Vladimir Medinsky, was quoted as saying, Comics, this is for those who can read poorly. I have a very bad attitude to comics. Comics are like chewing gum, as you say. This is not food. Comics, this orientation should be for a child who is only learning to read, up to seven, eight years. But an adult to read comics is to admit that I'm a moron. I read comics. It's potential. It's probably possible to collect them. It's fun, but not read. Wow. So let's bomb them. Yeah, minister. <laughs> minister of culture. I, I'm not quite sure what that job description is, but that's probably yeah. why John Bolton got fired. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What a. Mm. He okay. sounds. It, what's funny is he doesn't sound how ig- understand how ignorant he sounds. You know, he's like, wow. But yeah, there was some other quote he had of that same event saying, like, you know, novels are the only true. Like, you shouldn't watch TV. Anyone who reads novels are better than people who watch right, TV. Yeah. Like, basically saying they're you know art, art you know, gatekeeping what art is. Exactly, basically, yes. he is the he is the minister of culture. The whole thing, <laughs> whatever the hell that is, Vladimir Medinsky. Let's get it. You're on my list. You and Bill Maher. <laughs> well, we never did talk about that. Bill Maher slandering Stanley. Yeah. yeah, it's not worth our time. <laughs> the, uh, there's another international incident, and this one actually, this that Russian thing, no one cared. Just yeah. you know, comic nerds. But this actually made international news in Rio de Janeiro. Uh, the mayor of Rio in uh, Brazil uh, had censored. A Young Avengers comic from 2010. I like how you said it's in Brazil because now you think we're morons because we. Well, read- I know you read mm-hmm. comics, right. so I had to. So rude. Let's play. That's how it's going to be now. <laughs> uh, there's another one of these deals. 19th International Book Biennial of Rio de Janeiro, and the mayor Marcelo Crivella posted a video message to Twitter, uh, and this guy is very anti-LGBTQ mm-hmm. and has a history of writing articles and, and things uh, demonizing folks. Uh, and he patently pointed out a Young Avengers comic, uh, The Children's Crusade. And he ordered the organizers of this event to stop selling it and to collect all copies of the book because it had content that was unsuitable for minors. So this was the 2010 series by Alan Heinberg and Jim Chung uh, it's it featured the Wiccan and Hulkling is mm-hmm. a male couple, and this was the first time they kissed. Mm-hmm. So this was an important enough event. It was just on the collage cover of Marvel Comics 1000. They did a whole bunch of variants, and one of the variants was this giant collage of Marvel history, and it was you know key moments from throughout you know 80 years of Marvel history, and this was included on it as you know it it was a mm-hmm. defining moment. Um, so his quote was, we need to protect our children. Therefore, we have determined that the organizers collect the books with content unsuitable for minors. It is not correct that they have early access to matters that do not conform to their ages. Uh, the organizers refused to remove it. They said everyone's welcome and represented. So the government sent 15 officials from the Municipal Secretariat of Public Order, 15 armed men, to scour the festival looking for inappropriate content. (laughs) And to seal it inside plastic bags with unsuitable for minors content warnings. Also, or they're confiscated. They're, you know, bagging and boarding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just worried about your resale value, really. 
so the organizers organizers filed a legal motion to block this, but the courts backed the mayor. Uh, so and that emboldened him, and he he went after every book, anything with gay content. He said is can, should be considered pornography and should be wow. bag, bagged up and gotten rid of. Well, obviously, he's a moron because he reads comics. <laughs> so a Brazilian YouTuber named Felipe Neto has 34 million followers. He so he went and bought the entire stock of LGBTQ books at the festival. He bought 14,000 cool. books. Nice. He distributed them for free in black plastic bags and labeled it, This book is inappropriate for backward and prejudiced people. End mm. quote. And he gave them all away within minutes. Mm-hmm. And then the officials arrived and they were already, so everything was already gone. Nice. Um, so, again, this, if you know the term, the Streisand effect. I do not. Have you guys know this term? I, I've heard this bandied around, but I, I didn't know what it came from. Apparently, about a decade ago, uh, some photographer took pictures of the California coastline and had them on this website archive. Yeah. And one of them was Barbara Streisand's house. And she didn't like her house being online. So okay. she filed a lawsuit and sued the guy, did a legal petition. And before all this, it had been downloaded and viewed six times. Right. And it said twice were her lawyers looking at the photo. Right. After this hit the fan... It got downloaded hundreds of thousands of times. So mm-hmm. that is now the thing for calling attention to something you don't like. Yeah, adds fuel Thank to fire, you. and people yeah. like I, I have to see what this is. So the book sold out within an hour of the initial announcement. Demonstrators marched through the event. There were rainbow flags everywhere. People held like kiss ins, you know, sitting in right. public displays of affection to sh- you know show we're not afraid. Uh, the most read newspaper in Brazil posted the artwork. The Jim Chung. Wiccan and Hulkling artwork right. on the front page above the fold in a giant color photo. Wow, that's uh, awesome. This guy should so, talk more often. So yeah, it made CNN. It made you know it, it made the rounds all around the world and all the of course all the LGBTQ blogs and and uh, you know how do we take advantage of that? <laughs> what controversy? We need to find yeah. yeah we need to find somebody that doesn't like gets offended by. Something we've said or what can done. we ban? We need to ban. Yeah. Hmm. We'll be on CNN. We'll think. Of, we'll think on that. <laughs> oh, well, you guys been reading anything? Yes. We you promised we were going to talk about <laughs> Spider Man's life story when it was over. So start at the beginning of his life story. <laughs> In 1962, Peter Parker was bitten by a radioactive spider. <laughs> and then what happened? <laughs> and then. <laughs> And then this main series followed him for 60 years in real time and aged him. So when the book started, he was 15 years old. And by the time it ended, he was an old man yeah. losing his step, gray hair and grandkids. Chip Zdarsky and Mark Bagley. Um, yeah. I, so I'm sure you read the last issue or yes. six issues. Yeah. yeah. What did you think of it? I liked it a lot. I, I it cried. Was, yeah, yeah, all right. <laughs> like, there was a couple moments at the end. Like, two, they got me twice. <laughs> I was already like, I, I started out reading it because it was like, the, we're going to spoil it. So, you should read this. It's good. But it, uh, he's like going to, he's old now. You know, how, how old would he be in that last Decade. Was it set? 70s was it set in twenty nineteen or? Yeah, I'm I don't, sure, I don't yeah. remember if it was set in the near future. Yeah, or. it was in the teens. Yeah. But anyway, he's like old, 
and he and Miles Morales go to space to do something, you know, stop stop some terrible thing. And that that is not important. <laughs> but the uh but I just loved it, and it, and I, but I was, anyway, I was reading the beginning of it. And I was like, yeah, it's you know what's going on. I always kind of forget, you know, the premise of this, and so when when they you know do the Doc Ock thing, you know, I'm like, oh, you know, that was I forgot because it touches do that. on like yeah, the Clone Saga, whatever, whatever storylines were going on in that decade, yeah. they fold into this, yeah. So so the 2010s were. Superior Spider-Man and Doc Ock stealing his mind and all that stuff. Yeah, and they were uh, trying to. Well, it, it, this issue started out with him like remembering letting the guy get away that killed Uncle Ben, and so then towards the end, you know, when they're he he when he says you're my jackpot or whatever to. Mary Jane, and then <laughs> everything blows up. I was like, that was so good. And then there was still another button on it at the end of him remembering how it all started. And I was like, this is so good. I was just like totally caught up. And I was like, I, I would, I have listened, I listened to iFanboy talk about it. And, um, they had a good point that they, everybody has liked it. But as much as I like Bagley, I don't know that he was the right guy for the job for this or or he could have done a certain era i thought that's why i thought it might have worked to have a era specific artist artist. yeah Yeah. like do it in the style the art that was of that time that i i almost wish i really hadn't heard them say it because that makes me want that Mm -hmm. if they had done that i still loved the whole series i love the story and just the ridiculousness of it that they it went doubled down on whatever path they were going to take. It did, you know, it wasn't uh, generic and fairly, and wasn't just a nostalgia trip. Like, hey, remember the Clone Saga? Right. Like, it did some interesting things. Like, oh, I didn't see that coming. Like, a few because it could do whatever it wants. It could kill people off. It could, yeah, yeah whatever. Because it, it, there's no continuity to it. But it took some clever turns with yeah. uh, very familiar stories. Yeah. So yeah, check out Spider Man: Colon life story it was good um yeah he's in his 70s it says in the last mm-hmm. issue uh, a few other things that have come out recently oh you picked up superman year yeah, one yeah, did. this is frank miller writing john ramita senior art i think the art is gorgeous the color is the big thing to me it's so colorful and the i the bigger pages probably adds a lot to that like, yeah, this I, is kind of an oversized yeah. three issue. I like that magazine size. Like it kind of makes me wonder how much more. Well, I do like getting an omnibus of certain things. It does really make things look better the larger size. But I've I I enjoyed this second issue for the most part. I thought it kind of lost its way towards the back half with the you know undersea stuff got a little crazy, but. Well, again, I don't know how well you know Superman's backstory, and yeah, if you know yeah. Lori Lamaris or nah. you know the Silver Age, he had a mermaid girlfriend. Right. I mean, so, I assume yes. those base. So, like, if you're a Superman fan, you're like, I, it, yeah, you'd be like, yes, they're bringing back this goofy history. But yeah, I again, like it that. Didn't, didn't I do did much for like me. That, but there was like a part where it drugged there, like he's like fighting. Yeah. Anyway, but I, but so far I'm in. I can't wait to read. There's only one more part though, right? Yeah. So the first issue is him as like a wee little kid on the farm, 
The second issue, he's graduated high school and joins the Navy. Mm-hmm. Which, which was of, weird, but cool. Yeah, I mean, there's some people that didn't. They, they think Frank Miller's kind of a right-wing nut. Like, oh, put a gun in Superman's hand. That's crazy. But it, it, he, he handled it as well right, as yeah. I could imagine. Because I was imagining pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mentioned before, Marvel Comics 1000 yeah, came out. Yeah, what did you think of that? It was an interesting experiment. I liked this was the one it again year by year so this is the 80th anniversary of Marvel the 1000 means nothing right it, it doesn't I know, the number doesn't matter but it's supposing that Marvel Comics number 1 that came out 80 years ago if it had continued on this would be the 1000th that year so the first page oh what a marvel thing to do yeah <laughs> the coattails of action <laughs> comics 1000 detective 1000 yeah. so yeah the first page is set in 1939 the second page in 1940, and so on. Mm. <laughs> Every single page is a different writer and artist, and they kind of weave a mystery throughout it. Some pages are just kind of silly goofs. Some they try to be more profound, and like, and it tried to tie every page into something big. So like 1961 page was you know a Fantastic Four page, and you know, on and on. But it was, I said it and was, and so on, and so on. I enjoyed it. It was a it was a fun. It was a sw- it was a big swing for the fences, but I don't know if it fully connected. Whiff, nah, whiff. I didn't like it. Nah, <laughs> it was fun. It had its moments, but there, the majority of it I didn't care about. There was, you know, like I like the Fantastic Four stuff, and there were there were a few pages that I liked, but a lot of it was like I don't know this character. I don't. Nothing makes. It's not like a one overarching story that makes that I care about here. Well, they're trying to tie in this, the Eternity Mask. Because in the first issue of Marvel Comics, there was some, you know, noir story about a guy in a mask robbing a bank or whatever. And they're trying to tie that into the Masked Rider from these uh, Western comics from the 1800s and the cosmic characters from the future who wear a mask. So they're trying to weave, like, this This mask has been in existence through all Marvel history. And again, it's it's Somebody a big it's a <laughs> it's a it's a it's a big try. As I'm not sure they've quite hit it out of the park. Uh, Batman seventy seven had a big status quo change. Spoiler alert! <laughs> what is Batman seventy seven? Batman issue seventy seven. Number, okay. number seventy seven. I thought it was like a seventies Batman story. No, of the Tom King run. Okay. Bane killed Alfred. Oh yeah. Snapped that. his neck. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, that's he, what Bane does. He's always snapping. Yeah, things. he's got a type. Snapping so, beans. Yeah, uh, people were crazy for this issue. I, I, it was going from you know twice its value on eBay and all stuff. Like, I don't know how long this will last. Tom King only has a few more issues on the book. So, mm. was it good? Was it a good issue? Uh, that particular <laughs> issue was pretty <laughs> solid. I've I've lost interest. I keep reading it because I want to know what you know. I want to be on top of it. Yeah. but I've kind of lost interest in his story. Uh, Marvel has launched Absolute Carnage. This is the the big the big storyline. Uh, Donny Cates and Ryan Stegman on the art. This is the return of Carnage. They have a five issue miniseries and about five hundred tie in issues. Uh, it ties into the Spider Man main title and the Venom main title, and the rest of them are like. Spider or Absolute Carnage colon Miles Morales. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. a whole bunch of little one shots and and miniseries. So basically, anyone they've introduced this the the god of the symbiotes, this Null character, 
and Carnage has been reincarnated. And I'm, I'm having a hard time because I haven't been reading Venom for the past year, which is a trouble when you have this big launch with a popular character everyone likes. And then you tie it to continuity that's been kind of building on a lesser known title. And you have to kind of explain it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have like a year of catching up to do. So it's kind of hard to, to not just jump into this main title. But anyone who's ever worn a symbiote, they leave something behind in your spinal column. And they call it the codex. So Carnage needs to recollect all these codices in order to ascend and like resurrect this god. So it's basically Carnage and all these Carnage clones attacking any and and you know since the nineties, how many characters Everybody's have had a symbiote? Done. So everyone has had a symbiote. So it's basically Carnage versus the Marvel Universe. And it's a big, gory action story and it's fun, but there's there's also like cosmic weird space god stuff that I'm not right. that interested in. But uh, the other big Marvel thing are Jonathan Hickman's return for the House of X and Powers of X and or Powers of Ten is what you're supposed to call it, but I refuse. I'm just calling it Powers of X. Um, this is the big swing to, to bring the X-Men back to, to glory. I I might review it a little later when the whole thing's done. Right now I'm enjoying it, but I can't quite explain. There's multiple timelines. There's past, present, future. There's reincarnations. They just killed off a couple of main characters. So I might have a different opinion when it's all over. It might all tie in and be brilliant. Or it might all completely fall apart. But when this is over, they're relaunching X-Men. And they're coming out with about 8 or 10 titles. They're bringing back Excalibur, New Mutants, X-Force, uh, the Fallen Angels, the Marauders. like Any, any X-concept from the 70s and forward seems like it's coming back. But... Yeah, Marvel's going all in on the X-Men stuff, which, you know, coincidence, after the, you know, film, yeah. film rights return right. to them, then we're... Imagine that. Uh, we launched Batman Superman, a new ongoing series by Joshua Williamson and David Marquez. This is the team-up book. This is a follow-up to all the Batman Who Laughs stuff. So if you enjoyed uh, Dark Knight's Metal or the Batman Who Laughs series... This is the follow-up to all that, and you're going to get the fallout. Uh, the character's still around, and he's infected several people throughout the DC Universe. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like sleeper agents. You don't know who has been infected by this evil Batman. So, uh, pretty fun mystery story. People, you know, there's not everyone wants another Batman book, but it's, <laughs> it's different enough, and it's its own kind of thing. You don't have to follow all the other Batman titles if you just want to follow this one. Uh, Legion of Superheroes are coming back. We have a, a two-issue series called Colon Millennium. And this is written by Brian Michael Bendis, like I talked about before. The Legion. Uh, people love the Legion. It's not. I'm not a DC person, but it seems like you know if you're a Marvel person, you love the X-Men. If you're a DC person, you love Legion or the Teen Titans if you're from you know, <laughs> a certain generation of reader. And I had a guy, he has literally not been in the store for like four years. Came in and was like, all right, I'm giving them a chance. I want to see what they're doing with the Legion. <laughs> I was like, all right, welcome back. So yeah. it sold really well. Like it outsold, it basically outsold Batman this month. Because like, mm-hmm. people, there's a whole group of people who really love these characters. And they have not been around for a long time because we've had to simplify continuity. and Who having, are the characters? Uh, in the Legion of Superheroes? Like Lightning Lass, yeah. Saturn Boy... So girl, 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 Saturn girl. girl. Yeah. Who's got, okay, go on. 
I don't want to embarrass myself bouncing, by saying something. <laughs> bouncing boy. Bouncing boy. Ugh. So it's great. Yeah, the cast. It's like the X Men. It has a cast of hundreds of yeah. characters. Yeah. Um, Phantom Girl. Phantom Woman. Triplicate. Yeah. Girl. Yeah. There's, Matter there's, Eater Lad. Yeah. Was yeah. Lad. yeah. yeah. Sorry, Matter Eater Lad. Go back to what you're saying. <laughs> but yeah, this is a pancake boy. They, they have tried. <laughs> To modernize Waffle these characters, woman. yeah, they're supposed to be from the future, right? But they're very retro, right? They so, go back to the fifties, so yeah. they have that. They've had that very retro fifties. Everyone's a lad or a futurism lass. look yeah. to them. So, but this was uh, this first issue is all written by Bendis. It had art by Jim Lee, uh, Dustin Nguyen, and Andrea Sorrentino, and it was a pretty sweet issue. I've never read Legion. I know very little about it, but it's kind of tying all the different DC futures together. So it, it has a character who finds out she's immortal and she lives through, you know, the Commandy, you know, the last mm-hmm. one on Earth continuity. And then it jumps another thousand years and she's in this other... So it's all the many different futures we've seen from DC. They're trying to kind of tie it all up in a bow where they all still happened. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they're all... It's a little more streamlined now. So I, I like the first issue and I, I've i never... <laughs> there's no Legion book I can point you to. It's like, yeah, that's great. <laughs> And then Spawn number 300 came out, tying the record for the longest-running independent comic book of all time. Does anyone know the... Cerebus. Cerebus went 300 issues. So next month, Spawn 301 will break the record. Uh, It was a giant oversized issue. It brought back... uh, McFarlane did some art on the inside. Brought back Greg Capullo. This is the book that kind of made his name. Had J. Scott Campbell do interior art for the first time in 20 years, probably. So, congratulations, Mr. McFarlane. What happened? Uh, we, we met She Spawn. Mm. New Lady Spawn. Yeah. Odin, Odin doesn't, doesn't like a Lady Spawn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, only the jokes you can get right here, folks. <laughs> uh, something, again, it's not a book I've kept up on, but it had, it kind of tweaked. If you remember, he had the counter. Yeah, from the original. I just book. recently read the first ten issues of Spawn. Oh, I, I have not. I two ninety to go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know anything that happened after that is my problem. But it, it you know, in those early books that had the green numbers that were yeah. counting down. He only had so much energy, right. and this book kind of. Uh, I, and it has never run that. out since then. I don't know. <laughs> was, I, the I, number was very low in this issue. Okay, but yeah, so. It kind of changes his mission. And he turned into a girl his when he ran out of energy. And there's another. We used to tell my brother story. when he was six that when he turned seven, he was going to turn into a horse. And then we convinced him, me and a friend of mine. <laughs> and then when he turned eight, he was going to turn into a girl. <laughs> it was a girl cool. horse or a girl I, human? We never thought that far into it. He couldn't decide which was worse, being a horse or a girl. <clears throat> Sorry, that so that's not what happened in Spawn. No, no. that's all I got for comics. Okay, is that it? I I still got a little pile sitting on my dresser. I haven't read in a month, so Uh, one of these days I'll get caught up on Galaxy's Edge before I uh, jaunt down there. Yeah, and then you also have to read the uh, prequel. To Rise of the Skywalker, they're gonna have a oh, they're gonna have that prequel series. And and Marvel, they're ending the Star Wars books, right? In issue seventy five, yeah, I saw sales have been not, down. Yeah, not so good. I think they're gonna. I'm assuming around December we'll reboot with a, a new uh-huh. first issue. Okay, moving on. 
Hello, Dolores. What the hell is a sticky maple? Run, fairy, run. That's what I do. I dream, and I know things. Go get him, Supergirl. Well, what this guy look like, anyways? Oh, he's a little guy, kind of funny looking. Aha, uh -huh. in what way? Oh, just in a general kind of way. Exterminate! Little pig, little pig! Let me in! These violent delights have violent ends. That's what she said. Groovy. Big Brother. I'm going to talk about it real quick. Is it over? No. Oh. There's a like Ew. week and a half week and a half left but it is about as good as you can ask for right now it's this season started out first 40 days were a clunker because they did their twists where people that got kicked out were still in the house so nobody was going to do anything cool because there knew the people still be there terrible idea but then there was a big blow up where they were all mean to this nice little girl named nicole who from New, New York and she was just, she's just the nicest person and they just you know they make up things if you do anything they oh you're you did this because of that and they just all like were against her and it was terrible but she's getting her revenge it's basically come down there's only four people left now but there's a real uh bro -y guy named Jackson who he has a showmance and you know she's kind of a waste as far as getting anything done but he but the and then the other two people are cliff the guy the you know, 50 some year old guy that's still in there doing good and this nicole girl and they had uh, it's just been great strategy constantly that's the best thing about it they're just constantly you know lying to each other or whatever but this the broy guy keeps winning competitions. It's like you just don't want him to win. Just you know it, that is part of the game. And if you can win, win out and win the game, more power to you. But usually you can't do that. Normally you're gonna mess up at some point and they're gonna get get rid of you. But he's actually done some good strategic things along the way. And he had made a great move the other night that was it was just it will go down as a big moment in Big Brother history where he overheard a conversation. There's been a lot of eavesdropping this year. Oh, was he staying outside a yeah. door and like he heard them all talking about? Yeah, they him. put it on the episode the other night, but they we didn't get to see a lot of the fallout yet. But he he heard them talking and then he hid, you know, went and didn't get caught. And later he came to people and was just like, "Now, has he been offering you this exact thing?" And used like the wording saying like he's been telling me that too and da da da. And they had to eventually face off. They're yelling at each other, and he just. Uh, he was crying about it last night on the feeds. Like, I hated that I had to do that to him because you know because the guy he lied about got voted out because of that, and he had he just had to lie, lie and the guy was like, I didn't say that or you know I didn't tell him that, and just like it's such a great move. Like I anyone that trashes him for that, whatever. This is a lying game, and I he didn't come did here to make friends. Exactly. He. <laughs> So I, I loved it. I was like, now he he deserves just as well as anybody else to win, as far as I'm concerned. So I'm 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 happy that I'm going to be happy with the winner no matter what because there's no way that the his girlfriend's going to win and the other three I like all of them. So yeah, Pretty I flipped exciting. over just for a few minutes the other night and it, I, it was that he was standing outside the mm. door listening to people and then I I watched for a little bit but the guy was sitting there with no shirt on eating sunflower seeds. <laughs> 
and he had like a Gatorade bottle he was spitting the shells into and it was like almost full and I was like how many uh, is this guy is this the same bottle that, like I, I just got became fascinated with his yeah. sunflower seed regimen and I couldn't concentrate on anything else so I had to turn a channel oh my anyway it's good stuff there's it's been it's one of the better seasons it's turned into in the last few years so it's back got renewed again for next year I'm excited hmm what do you even watch, Cliff? You uh, got a list there. Yeah, just a couple things. Uh, last couple episodes of The Righteous Gemstones. Uh, I've caught still, up on it. Yeah, I'm not caught What up. do you think? I like it. I do, too. Yeah. I'm, with each episode, I like it a little bit more. Well, you did tell me the other day that I can get back into it. They're not all hour episodes. Yeah, your your biggest complaint, you thought it was too slow, much filler. paced. Yeah. But only the first episode was the long Yeah, one. The, and they have. They've gotten a little better each one. Um cool. So if we, I think we left off, uh, we covered episode two or mentioned it, I think. So episode three they had, uh, it was titled, They Are Weak, But He Is Strong. My sister's gone. You over here drowning. Don't talk about Amy Lee. I'll talk about her whenever I want to. She's my sister, Eli. You ain't the only one that misses her, you know. I think about that woman every single day. Well, you should have done that while she was still alive. You're trying to cash in on a name every chance you get and were nowhere to be found when she needed you most. I had my hands tied, Eli, with that whole Christian cruise ship thing. I was at sea. It was impossible for me to get back here for her. That nonsense never got off the ground and you know it. Well, I, I, I was busy pricing vendors. You're a two-bit con man. Uh, a con man? Then why did you invite me back in the fold then, huh? Because I felt sorry for you. I thought that's what Amy Lee would want. I thought helping you would make me feel better. I was wrong. Well, I ain't no charity. I'm a commodity. I'm a known name in this industry. You lucky to have me. How dare you see me as less than what I am. You less. That's what it is. You less. I should have guessed this is what would happen with you. You haven't changed a bit all these years. Still as pathetic as you ever were. A pathetic? Well, how about this then, huh? How about that? I quit. How about that? Uh, who's pathetic now, huh? You are. You are. You righteous gemstone dick. <laughs> you pathetic. Baby uh, Billy. This is Baby Billy. <laughs> they introduced Baby Billy Freeman, played by Walton Goggins, in nice. the, his uh, his bright white. I wonder slick back hair. Yeah, you know, why they made him up to look old and weird, and then they're showing flashbacks. Like yeah. we're gonna get some of his younger days right. out preaching with a younger uh, Dan Connor. What's his name? <laughs> John Goodman. John Goodman, thank you. So yeah, they've kind of aged those two a little bit, I think, yeah. in order to show some flashbacks. So yeah, that's yeah, a great, a great wig. Yeah, a great wig. He's got the you know the bright. Man. His teeth are as bright as his hair. Yeah, and um, yeah. So they introduced Baby Billy. Um, he is he was Amy Lee's little brother, uh, who is was John Goodman's wife, mm-hmm. who's passed away. And um, they are re- bringing him back into the fold of the church um, to run a new branch um, in a mall, shopping mall, mm-hmm. at a former Sears location <laughs> um, into this new area. I think it's Locust, Locust Grove is the, the town, the small town or whatever. So they're, they're trying to take over there and run out the, uh, the, the established churches right. there. So um, Steal them congregations. Right. So, yeah, uh, they're trying to wipe out the competition. <clears throat> Eli gets mad and um, 
after after uh, a service, they come out and all the cars in the parking lot are peppered with flyers from from the other church talking about all the bad stuff they've done. So so he gets mad and they confront um, who's the actor? Oh, uh, Young Guns. Lou Diamond Phillips? No, no. Kiefer Sutherland? I like this game. <laughs> Christian Slater? <laughs> hey, chicken, you see the size of that horse? Uh, that guy. Uh, so, I think of Young Guns. It's the first thing I Jason would think of. Jason Patrick? Uh, no. Is that his name? Um, no, no. I can Anyways. just keep name. Come on, no. I want to play who's in Young Guns. Uh, who else was in Young Guns? Uh, Emilio Dermot Mulroney. Oh, Dylan McDermott? Yes. <laughs> Why'd you say so? <laughs> so, anyways, he plays um, Johnny Seasons, who's a, a pastor of a small church around in, in that neck of the woods. And um, so, Johnny Seasons, they have has sicked his good old boys to take down this new church in the Sears that Baby Billy's running. So, it ends up Baby Billy and his much younger wife are there when the uh, when the posse comes in to uh, start tearing everything up and uh, just in the nick of time uh, old John Goodman Eli comes in with his gun as he's coming to apologize to baby Billy and uh, saves the day and and makes him well you gotta watch it I've, yeah I'm planning on I'm trying not to pay attention to you he was Dirty Steve Stevens in Young that, Dirty Steve that's, that's right <laughs> That's the important part of it. <laughs> That's, <all I> <laughs> That's what we're about. taking away from it. Um, yeah, so it's, like I said, it's getting stronger. I think my wife's enjoying it. We're watching it together now. That was a pretty good episode. And then the last episode that came out, I believe last Friday, um, was called Wicked Lips. And... Uh, this is this is kind of the Kelvin episode, which is Adam Devine's the younger youth pastor. The youth, yeah. And uh, he generally, he's not my favorite actor mm-hmm. in a lot of things, but I, I I like him in this. Yeah, he plays that kind of like black sheep of the family. Everyone just ignores him and talks down to him. And plus, Keith oh, having his back. Keith is the best character Keith, of the whole. The thing. best best guy on the show. <laughs> I'm living for Keith right now. <laughs> Keith is the reformed uh, Satanist. And he's trying his best to, to stay away from Satan's clothes. Right. <laughs> they keep tempting him, though. <laughs> yeah, so uh, in this episode, uh, Eli gives Kelvin the task of reforming, I guess, uh, this big donor... Uh, his daughter his daughter dot i think was her name and uh this is a big you know this guy's he's owns chicken restaurants or something and he's obviously giving them a lot of money so they they're gonna have to uh he he kelvin has to win her over and bring her back to god and away from her horrible boyfriend um so kelvin and keith show up I don't even know what they called it, but to go through her room and rid her of like a cleansing. Yeah, <laughs> it is the best part of the show. 
Yeah, I like I like how it's written. I like the way they talk to each other. They throw you know, oh brother pastor, you know, like that. It has that nice southern kind of authenticity. I think like how these people would actually these things they'd pepper in the yeah. conversations. Yeah. So Calvin gets uh, the girl to come to his youth group um, in the Sky Zone, and uh, he gets to show off some sweet jumping moves on the trampolines and then they discover she's disappeared and went off with her boyfriend and Kelvin, you know, takes on as part of his mission. He's got to, he's got to win this one and, and show Eli, you know, how, how good a job he can do. And they chase her down to a, uh, to club Satan and, uh, old Keith gets tempted again. (laughs) So, and I also like the guy playing the blackmailer, I didn't recognize him oh. for the longest time, and I looked him up. He was the boyfriend on The Mick, that Fox show. That's Caitlin where Wilson. I know him from. And I really liked him on that show, Yeah, and he's he's good in this one, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, the oldest child of Eli, um, I'm trying to think of what. I'm Conscious? Trying. No, no, that's his son, but the uh, oh. Danny McBride character. His his oldest son Gideon, we we found out is is playing a bigger part than originally, you know, in the first couple. And it took of me longer than it should have to to figure, figure all that out. Yeah, but I felt a little dumb when it was revealed, but <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to he's trying to tear down the uh, the family from the inside. So, but yeah, I really like this show. It's on HBO. Uh, it's something different for me. I love the cast. I always like Danny McBride, Walton Goggins. They're always great together. And John Goodman's always a winner. And I just, I think this is, this is a good show. If you're not watching it, you need to get HBO and check this thing out. So the other thing I had, um, real quick is still watching BH90210. I don't know why. I don't either. Because I this is I can't figure out what it is. I've it's got, so bad. I've I got have it to, set to record, and like I've watched probably three episodes, and it does nothing for me. I keep I think they're all like I said they're on the cusp of something, but yeah. they but they're just not enough. Bring on the Riverdale. That's, well, yeah, and this is I kind of thought that today because I was getting caught up. I'm now six episodes in nine zero two one zero. It's um, only. Is that only six? Or is I have really no, short? no. It's it's still going. Yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Only we six haven't so far. Yeah, okay. we haven't ended yet. Well, I thought the other night I clicked on the info and I thought it said finale or oh maybe it oh was. maybe it was. I yeah. don't know. Um, but yeah, I've watched six six episodes of it. It's so strange, and I never know if they're if it's coming or going with these characters and how real it is or how pretend it is, and it, it just it's on a lot of different levels, people. <laughs> Um, but I kind of decided today because some of them are really bad. Like Tori, Tori spelling is horrific in this thing. Um, but I kind of decided today that maybe Brian Austin Green is the only one that can act at all. Period. Um, and I was a little surprised by that because I, in like my memory, he was the one that I didn't care much for. Um, but he's actually not bad in this. His his story arc is at least fairly interesting. Um, compared to the rest of them that are just a lot of nothing, but yeah, I'm I'm still watching it. I don't know why it's. I'm not watching much else. Nine hundred two one zero. It's whatever. It's weird. Get on board, I guess. I don't. Oh, whatever. And we go. We got news today that Shannon Doherty would be appearing 
on the premiere of Riverdale. Oh, now we're talking. I want to now. I want a crossover. (laughs) Oh my gosh, you woke me up for that. And for some reason, her character Brent. You know, she still plays Brenda Walsh. But no matter what scene she's in, she's always eating. Okay. Constantly eating, and I'm like, what? Why the hell is she eating here? Why is she? Every scene, she's, she's putting something in her she's mouth. A Jones, maybe she's one of Jughead's. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I do want to go ahead. What? Oh no, it just broke. It was on Entertainment Weekly. Okay. Had a picture of Shannon Doherty and the four main cast members. Uh-huh. And Roberto Aguirre, the cast of the showrunner, said, "Quote: Shannon plays the person who tells us what happened to Fred." Okay, I was going to say, uh, I bet it has to do with Luke. So yeah. some, we're going to. I was like. Oh, wait a minute. I tried to piece the plot. Like, why would some stranger... It's like, it's Riverdale. Forget about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she was there, and she's an unexpected source of comfort to Archie. A big piece of what happened to Fred comes to Archie through Shannon's character. The scene is so heartbreaking because you really feel Shannon's love for Luke. So they brought in one of his mm, friends. Man, I'm on it. I'm ready. To, yeah. what's, the, what's the premiere date? October 9th. Get ready, people. It's going to be... Oh, it's I'm coming gonna, at you. I was getting ready to get her new phone too, and I'm just thinking of all the screenshots. Oh, so much it's screen gonna shot. it's gonna get really. You better cool. yeah, you better get it one with a lot. I'm, of look, I'm gonna give me a Although part of me big was one. kind of hoping a little bit that they never mentioned it, and mm-hmm. it was just like oh, friends at the grocery store, and like every forever. episode forever <laughs> for the rest of the run, they just kept having excuses why Fred wasn't yeah. there. What did you say, something, Fred? He's in the next room. <laughs> yeah. Um, that would have been cool. That would have been Riverdale. <laughs> yeah, that would have been Riverdale. Did you guys watch the season four trailer? No, I Is haven't there, watched it. There's a little teaser, just yeah. a short little thing. I thought about it, and I was like, I don't know if I want to know anything. It, it didn't really. It didn't reveal much. anything. Just, you know, oh, it's Julie Rockfit. Oh, uh, here's a, yeah. you know, a, a glare between two characters. A bit of share. And there was there. one little, I couldn't tell. It looked like either a snake statue. What? Or a pile of pancakes that had been like petrified, and I was like, "Either way is great. Both I don't care. Sound, Either one is amazing." Both. Yes, yeah. I, I paused Theory. it and I couldn't tell whether it was a coiled uh, snake mm. or pancakes. Uh, mm. I was well, like, it, I I'll hope have it's subtitles when I pause it, so maybe it'll tell you. <laughs> uh, last thing I had, real quick, just announced today: um, Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey are coming out with a podcast hmm. called "The Office Ladies," all about the office and their themselves it's are the real life ladies the office ladies it's coming out yeah, october sorry. 16th um they're gonna do one episode of the office at at a time they are if you didn't know real life bffs um and uh they're gonna just talk about behind the scenes about the taping all their experience with each episode they're gonna do um uh, behind the scenes stories answer answer questions from fans which today Jenna Fisher was um, they're already like getting ready to do it because she was putting out tweets today like hey uh, we need some stuff for this episode do you have any questions or anything for just the general right. public and um, I had a quote from her she just said as we on the announcement as we close in on the 15th anniversary of the first show, um, seemed like a great time to share our stories and behind the scenes trivia. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I follow right. both of them on Instagram. They're very active and they're always posting like their target runs together. Like they really are friends and do stuff with each other and their families and stuff. So I was like, yeah, I'm in for that. That's cute. 
and I always appreciate when an actor, especially on a very beloved show, they don't like. I don't talk about that anymore. It's yeah. part right. of my past. Like I like when they embrace that because the fans are never going to be over this show. Right. It's like you know Shatner hates Star Trek or whatever. But you know I like it when when actors can can totally agree. Enjoy. Don't be better than us. <laughs> right. Get on our level. Uh, I watched Agents of Shield. Oh, the full. Binged it this week. Wow. 13 episodes, season six. Uh, it's over, it that was the whole season? Yes, it premiered uh, in May, it. middle of May, mm. ran through August. Uh, the ratings this year weren't great, but it stayed fairly consistent. It has a core of fans. Like we said, the social media is <clears> big, and the <throat> download numbers are good. Streaming numbers are good, so... Uh, so it's you're got, telling me it's going to come back? Well, there's one more season. Oh, season okay. seven is the final um, and I can't it's a believe show, this show's winning. I mean, we've kind of we dig on it a little bit, but it's it's not. I don't watch something if I don't like it. You know, I, yeah. I'm still enjoying it enough to stick with it. And this season was good, pretty good, good mm-hmm. enough, good enough, great. That's um, all you can ask for, good enough. And a lot of it was because it's 13 episodes. Yeah, the pacing was much much better. There weren't any filler nonsense. There were some really good cliffhangers, and it was like right on the next thing, and the how, plot just kept going. How many people were left from the original cast? Well, we gave at the end of last season. Uh, I know this has been this this has been out a while. You know, Even I'm, I've I'm watched spoiling it. the end of season five here. Uh, Coulson got a goodbye. They sent him off. Oh. He got to ride off into the sunset. Um. You know, him and May professed their feelings. We had a good, happy ending. And then S.H.I.E.L.D. was being rebuilt. And I was like, on to the next mission. They put, they made Mac the director. And it was like the perfect place to end it. <laughs> I'm like, no, nah, let's do two more seasons. <laughs> so I'm like, Ugh. But, so, yeah, it's still got Daisy. Mm-hmm. Quake from the comics. Uh, Yo-Yo. Mac. Fitz and Simmons. So they're still a recognizable cast, but they filled it out. Uh, there's a new guy, Deke, who was one of the guys from last season where they went into the future. There's this robotic synthesoid. He's a chronicron or something, some alien species. But that's my my main gripe with the show is still... And I hate complaining about a show because it's not what I want it to be. Like, I expected, you know, ground-level S.H.I.E.L.D. agents in the Marvel Universe. You know, it's it's the X-Files or whatever where they there's a bunch of strange stuff going on. And this show has become time travel, aliens, other dimensions conquering monsters like it's it's a big sci-fi show mm-hmm. and that's and then it's on a very tiny you know tv budget that keeps getting cut every year so i don't know it's just it never was exactly the kind of show i really wanted and this season two half the team starts in space uh half the team is back on earth and there's this invasion of these parasite aliens they're these bat looking creatures that jump in your mouth and go in your stomach and like spread their wings out and like take over your nervous system and like turn you into a weird zombie. So there's this alien creature gonna conquer the whole world by turning everyone into these uh, bat zombie things. Until the end of the episode, in rides Clark Gregg looking like Mad Max and a giant semi truck with like grating on the front and like armor. He's wearing leather pants and boots and he's got sword as like he's got this whole crew. It looks like they step out of the Road Warrior, and it's 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 ridiculous, <laughs> but also a little bit fun. Uh, so there's we don't know how he's back. He's 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 called Sarge. He has no memories of being Coulson, so we don't know if he's from another dimension. <laughs> he's a clone. He's a life model decoy. We don't know <laughs> oh what he gosh. is. But 
it's insane. Um, and again, there's a couple like scenes. It felt like the thing, like the John Carpenter movie. Like they're all in a locked room, and like one of them has been possessed by one. And it's mm-hmm. like they're trying to figure out who 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 has been possessed, who's the traitor among us. So that's had some good good episodes, good scenes, good pace. Uh, it came out in May and had zero ties to the Avengers movies. No reference to Thanos, the snap, yeah. in-game time travel, no nothing. Wiped it all out. Which, again, that's the big selling point of this was it's a weekly show set in the Marvel Universe. Right. It had zero Nip. references to anything Marvel. <laughs> and I went today and looked at There's a couple quotes of like, well, we didn't want to... Because they didn't know when it was going to air... So they didn't know what they could spoil or what where it would fit in the timeline, and like the movie people don't talk to the TV people. They weren't telling them how they didn't know how Endgame yeah, ended. Yeah, yeah. So they weren't going to write a whole season based around how Endgame ended. So uh, the final final episode uh, petered out a little bit. I said for a strong season, it kind of ended a little weakly. But uh, again, we have to wrap up to what's going on next season. It involves time travel of some. Former fashion and a different version of Coulson. Sarge <laughs> went on his merry way. We now have a new, he's like a life model decoy version uh, of Coulson. So Clark Gregg is going to stay on the show. It's just not the original Coulson. Wow. Sounds great. Yeah. What else you watch? Uh, a little bit of Showtime. Oh, <laughs> he's. Okay, Showtime correspondent. He loves Showtime. I do, I do, I do. <laughs> Kirsten Dunst is back. Have we seen anything about this show that she's on? Mm-hmm. It's called On Becoming a God in Central Florida. I've heard. I of like it. it so far. I've heard it. And I've it's heard of it, I mean. pretty great. Oh, of course. Yeah. Don't build it you up should just really, you're the only you one You should all subscribe to Showtime is what I'm saying. <laughs> if you can get it free, even better. A dream isn't impossible. Let it inspire you. Maybe a dream of owning your life. So your life doesn't own you. If you follow the Garbo system, you're going to be living the lifestyle that everyone wants. Wow. We've been following the system for two years now, and we're struggling. Business has made us thousands. And it's cost us twice as much. Those tanks told us we get rich. It's all lies. <laughs> I have nothing. Your system doesn't work. The system works. <laughs> Look at where you are. Think about where you want to be. People are brainwashed yeah. because of you. I could live with that. Uh, it's set in the early '90s, and Kirsten part of it, the package. Yeah, duh. Yeah, you gotta have gotta have that <laughs> special uh, package. But Kirsten Dunst, like they say that about, oh, this actress is so brave because you know they wear ugly makeup or whatever. But like, that's, I don't find that brave. But like, she has a few extra pounds on her. She's got braces. She's got horrible 90s, like, crimped hair with bangs. Like, just does not look good. This is not, you know, bombshell Kirsten mm-hmm. Dunst, Mary Jane era. Yeah. Like, she's, you know, a wife and a mother, and she's a little bit past her prime, a few extra pounds. But, like, she's so good in this. And the 
for they, they when they premiered it, they showed two episodes. And I normally don't like this. I don't want to say for two hours and watch this, but I'm glad they did because the first episode you don't quite get the gist of it, and then it's only until the second episode you get kind of where it's going. And as it progressed, I'm like, this has a little bit of a Breaking Bad vibe to it. And I'm like, I'm feeling this. And then every review I've read, it's the Breaking Bad of the night. You know, it's yeah. it's you hmm. know, everyone has knows this. That, I didn't. It wasn't some I, code I, do I cracked. Reading about this, yeah. Yeah. So. Her husband is Alexander Skarsgård from True Blood and He's everywhere. Big Little yeah, Lies and many other. He's going to be Randall Flagg. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, he is involved. Well, okay. The whole the show it start this. I I didn't know anything about the show. Just I just happened to be checking out my Showtime package. Um, <laughs> it started at AMC. It was going to be an AMC show, and it was uh, Yorgos Lanthimos was yeah. attached to it. He was going to be the showrunner. Uh, then it moved to YouTube Premium. <laughs> well, nobody's watching where that. Where he bailed. <laughs> and they're like, uh, let's not do that. Then it moved to Showtime. So, I don't know. The show seems like it's been in... Maybe it's been production for a while, but it just... It, like, I don't remember a bunch of hype leading up to it. It was just kind of on. I don't know if that's the Showtime way or not. But anyway, uh, her husband is involved in FAM, Founders American Merchandise. So, it's a multi-level marketing was known as a pyramid scheme. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, very similar to Amway. It's like cleaning products and household goods. So <laughs> she's doing the dishes and the dish soap and the sponges. It's all fam products. The paper plates are fam. Like their I whole house. I went on a camping trip one time where several years ago where a guy I went to high school with, super nice guy, good friend of mine, but he does one of those and the whole trip it was trying to get me to do it. The creature do his downline? Yeah. It was just like, ugh. Did you do it? No. Yeah, I'm not going to mention any other names besides Amway, but this is a very mm-hmm. popular thing right now. Oh people gosh. selling They're everywhere. You know, be yeah, be your own boss. Yeah. You know, make your own hours. You'll make money. And there's been research done, and the vast majority of people lose money on it. Right. You only make money if you're at the very beginning and you're at the top of the pyramid. That's why it's got a pyramid. Scheme. Be your own best customer. So this show kind of deals with that. Her husband is all in, and it kind of portrays it as almost a cult. So the guy. An upline and downline. So the guy on his upline, his the guy ahead of him, is like true believer. You know, they play tapes of the founder, played by Ted Levine. It's the Garbo system. The, the guy's name's Garbo. It's like you gotta trust the Garbo system. Garbo knows what he's doing. Right. So everything you have to you know have to answer to, to Garbo, and and it just kind of deals with that kind of you know that early nineties, the economy. Uh, the bubble, you know, the bubbles about, you know, the dot com bubbles about right. to hit, and it's this this capitalism and and the desperation people have to make something of themselves and to and this dream they promise you, oh, oh what, how many yachts do you want to own and stuff? And she is basically like, you know, he has a full time job with insurance. We got a kid. I'm happy. I don't need anything else. We're fine. But now he wants to provide, and he wants to get ahead, and he wants to, you know, be a millionaire like he's been promised. And things kind of happen. She has to kind of take over the business. And at first, she knows it's a scam, and she knows it's horrible. But you know, things happen, and, and to take care of herself, she has to become more you know, like Walter White. You have to make a few yeah. you know, moral compromises to put yourself forward. And it's kind of I've seen three, four episodes so far, and it's like. Her taking a step further into the, 
you know, screwing over her best friend, lying to people, yeah. you know, just to, 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 to keep herself above water. And it's, it's been, it's a weird kind of comedy. There's, there's funny stuff involved and it's like, it's, it's very Florida. She works at a water mm-hmm. park. There's a whole subplot about alligator poaching. There's like kid beauty pageants. There's all this weird, like <laughs> just this off, off kilter Florida yeah. feel to it where there's this, every episode's a little off kilter and weird <laughs> but there's some drama too and it has uh mel rodriguez from last man on earth he's he's the, the her neighbor and just the most kind good-hearted guy around and she Which ends guy? up who's mel rodriguez? uh the bigger guy with the mustache oh okay uh, he's been in several things but uh there's also julie benz from dexter and mm. buffy the vampire slayer so i'm i'm totally into this i'm enjoying it so far i'm really want to watch the show <laughs> yeah get that uh, get she's got her uh, star on walk of fame yeah right yeah and i know she's married she... to jesse plemons from breaking bad right oh is she they're uh, they, if they're not married they've been together for years now because he like gave the speech where she got her oh, star. good for them i like that yeah all oh, a great couple yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> i noticed showtime is playing i've come scrolling through i'm like oh spider-man 3's on that's weird marie antoinette Virgin Suicide. <laughs> Literally every movie on them, yeah. they must have bought the patio. You know, if you're going to put our yeah. show on Showtime, you, you get the full Kirsten yeah. Dunst experience. Well, I think it was about it was it had to do with her walk of her whatever, getting her star. I am Patrick Swayze. I had to just Are admit you? it. I've been hiding it from you guys <laughs> all this time. No, that was a show on. Was it on CNN or what was it on? It's on Paramount now. Paramount. That's what it was. When you're not watching Yellowdale. You got to watch. Yeah, Yellowdale. That's right. That's exactly. Did you say it before? Because yeah. that's perfect. I don't remember. <laughs> um, I mean, you're only on this planet for so long. Go for it now. Patrick had something about him that was very rugged, but that also had that beautiful, gentle, sensuous ability to move. Patrick performed like he had something to prove. He was a gymnast, a world-class cowboy, a ballet dancer. Really? I was just looking for any way to make a mark. I remember watching Patrick and thinking, man, that's so good. He charmed everyone. He'd find a way in and make you just fall in love with them. As soon as we started dancing, it was just like, (sighs) It was important to be great. He carried that old bird in his life. He'd be bubbly and fun, and then as soon as he's by himself and alone, he would just crash. Yeah, it was like uh, one of those just life story type things about Patrick Swayze, who I like Patrick Swayze. He's in some of my favorite movies. And, you know, he died famously over a decade ago, I believe, and and of uh, pancreatic cancer. But it was... One of those deals where you get you hear about their life story and you just like freaking fall in love with them even more. Uh, it was great to see the whole thing. You know, it's um, you. You said you watched this also. Yeah, I again, I, I, I I've always yeah, Crash Swayze is cool. I like him. So, but it's never like you know, I don't have a poster on my wall or anything. But it's like yeah, I'll watch this and then there's said, a in between stage in there between not for me not for me i'm either all in or all out i like that but yeah like two hours later i'm like patrick swayze man the world needs more of you man buddy his real name is buddy 
And I, I, I never knew that. I feel like you hear what what was the star's real name or whatever, but I his name. Or did they just call just, him that? That's what everyone actually, call, Yeah, when you're close to him. He might have been like a junior or something. So oh, okay. Like his dad was, yeah, his dad was Buddy. Or, I think his dad's name yeah. was Buddy. But anyway, yeah, but it was like whenever he, a star was sitting there talking head, talking about him, they'd call him Buddy. It's like that's what they really called him in real life. And, but but I had uh, his wife, Lisa... His brother Don Swayze, who's an actor, and, and you see him in you know bit parts around. Yeah. He's usually like, you know, part of a bank robbery crew or something. Yeah, he never yeah. became a big star, but he's a working actor. Mm-hmm. Talked to his agent, his manager, Jennifer Gray, Demi Moore, Rob Lowe, Kelly Lynch, Sam Elliott, C. Thomas Howe. Yeah, and the best interview. <laughs> Marshall Teague, <laughs> the best guy, the villain of Roadhouse. I just looked up to see what his name was a minute ago, and it says he play, for that role he plays Jimmy as Marshall Teague, <laughs> which makes sense. This guy was was like ridiculous on this. You just you probably tell it better than I. Yeah, so he was because the the thing goes through. You know, when he was a kid, Patrick had ballet lessons, and he was a his dancer. mom was a hardcore you know dance teacher. But then he played football in, in you know high school, took martial arts, learned learned how to fight. Uh, was a cowboy, knew how to rope and ride, and did, like he was. There's no way you could watch this and not be like he is the coolest person yeah. to ever watch. Just I mean, him on the back of a horse with that mullet flowing yeah. in the wind. Like that's a cool. He just dude. could do anything. He was so talented and athletically, you know, gifted. So as Marshall Teague tells it, he gets to the set of Roadhouse, and they film the climactic fight, which, if you've ever seen it, is a pretty epic hand-to-hand combat. It should be on a post. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I've always said that. In the gaze of Brad Wesley's <laughs> mansion <laughs> across the pond. So Marshall Teague tells the story, and then walks this Hollywood pretty boy. And I see this ballet dancer, and he has no respect for him. He's not a true martial artist like he is. And the first kick to his chest, he barely feels it. He's like, "Oh, is that all you got? You know, if you're coming, at, if we're gonna make this look real, you gotta give me all you got." And the second one, he lays me flat on my back, and he reaches down and like he, he gives me a hand up. And that in that moment, I knew we were brothers in arms and we said we're giving this everything we got and he talked for 15 minutes describing the glory of shooting roadhouse and how they just did that like it was all real and he's like he picked up a tree and hit me with it and that was not planned and i was just we kept going it's just like gee whiz this guy's nuts it was crazy yeah, but it was great but was great. patrick swayze earned his respect yeah, that's the main thing. Right. It's like, he was my compadre. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, it's like he became super famous when that when he was on Barbara Walters. She came out to the ranch because they've got that ranch outside of California, you know, outside of uh, Hollywood. Because he didn't want to be down there with the people. His agent would make him go to premieres and things, saying, if you want to keep fans, you know, you got to show your face. Because it dealt with you know, mental issues and yeah. he had anxiety and didn't always deal well with the Hollywood spotlight. Right. So he, but when he was on Barbara Walters and she asked about his dad and stuff, he cried and boom, his fame went skyrocketed at that moment because everybody watched Barbara Walters first off. <laughs> and 
that was just Barbara Waters knew at that moment yeah, it was my compadre <laughs> <laughs> if you shed a tear with me I'm your brother for life and then Barbara Waters hit him with a tree yeah <laughs> I'll never forget it it's so real he ripped her throat out <laughs> uh, anyway Sam Elliott wasn't too different he was like yeah. he talked about it, it was a man's Mijo. man like, yeah <laughs> Mijo <laughs> Uh, anyway, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. I loved the whole thing. And then he, he just talked about all the movies. And one of the things which I, of course, have, you know, put Point Break at the top of my list of movies. And one of the reasons because he's just like, you know, the Bodhisattva. He just embraced every role he was in. But famously, you know, he would go do, you know, jumps. He did the jumps in that movie. You know, But when they actually filmed it... He would start, go out. His brother was a big skydiver, so he would go skydive, you know, and train with him. And they finally stopped. They were like, "You can't do that. You can't go out skydiving every day." You know, you're. We have insurance things. Mm-hmm. We're filming a movie, so he stopped, filmed the movie. They uh, did it all with a stuntman, and then after the movie was done, you know, they'd done all the shots they needed for. He went back and reshot everything that the stuntman had done. And then they, which they never do this, then they went back and reinserted all of his shots doing it himself. Like, you know, you know the shot where he's standing there, adios, or whatever he said, and he jumps out the plane backwards, you know, for real. It's like, they even said in there, Tom Cruise, you know, you know he saw Point Break because from then on, he's always done, (laughs) done all, wanted to do all his stuff and be, you know, copy that type of thing. That's why I love both of them. You know, they, they just, throw themselves into this stuff so it was really sad you know then when he ended up getting sick and i just like you know relationship he had with his wife they were together did did go into their they had dark times he was a major alcoholic for a while and they ended up breaking up but um she was happy they got back together and he quit you know just was able to stop drinking and everything and it happened before he ended up getting sick so yeah, it was it was sad, but it was a really good. I like I like those documentaries about you know biographies or whatever. Good stuff. Um, so on that note, we got to do a one job, Cliff. One job forever? Look, I have one job on this lousy ship. It's stupid, but I'm gonna do it. Okay? You toss it. You had one job to do. So Patrick Swayze is getting one job here. This is a toughie. So I'm gonna go in here and he. I'm not. I don't think he's had maybe as long a career as some people, but uh, most of his roles were. You know, he was the star, and it was a huge cultural, impactful movie. Let's start listing some off here. We got. Fatherhood is the lowest one on the list that I've even heard of. Uh, North and the South, he was in that. Was that like a TV miniseries? Yeah, Civil War yeah. miniseries. Uh, Black Dog was one of his last things he did. And he was in a show. We forgot to mention that. Uh, I think it was on Showtime. <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> yeah, very sick. Like on his. Yeah, he know, was Within sick months of it. the end of his life, it was still on set every day. Uh, let's see. He was in Youngblood with 
Rob Lowe. Was that the hockey one? Yeah, I think it was the hockey one. Um, let's see. Next of Ken. Or, oh, I was thinking it's Liam Neeson and that too. I don't remember. But that was just a funny. I remember there's some funny lines in there because he took it really seriously. He wears like a duster and it's all about this family <laughs> stuff. Um, let's see. Tu Wong Fu. Where he got to play, I honestly have never even seen the movie. Yeah, me neither. Wesley Snipes and who was the other? Oh, John Leguizamo. They were like cross dressers. But again, it pointed out like he took that role seriously. He, yeah, he Rob Lowe wanted that role. Yeah, wasn't he the one talking about yeah. that? He's like, I wanted that role, and they're like, Yeah, but you can't. Patrick Swayze, you know, had taken all that ballet and stuff. He's like, mm-hmm. he could walk and you know walk the walk. What he's doing. Um. Let's see. Here we got Ghost was a huge movie made him super famous. That with uh, Dirty Dancing were two of his biggest things. And right, um, The Outsiders. He was in along with every other young star yeah. at that time. Uh, really? Well, he's in the player. I think, but really, that only leaves. The three big ones, I'd say. Oh, I think you're forgetting something. What? He played Adrian the Chippendales dancer on Saturday Night Live. Oh, that's true. I that's, just wrote down SNL. That's a, a good moment. <laughs> what? What? There was. What was the roller skating one? He wasn't a roller. That, oh, that was like his first. Movie. Yeah, which that like uh, you know you they were talking about that on that doc where he was just like and he did he was like owning that I was just like man that's the <laughs> most badass roller skater ever <laughs> like what was like when he spit his gum out <laughs> I was just like I know <laughs> I don't remember what that was called um anyway comes down here we got Roadhouse Red Dawn and Point Break you know. The trifecta, <laughs> which for me, it's it's really between Roadhouse and Point Break, uh, you know. Huh? Just, that's you know. I, yeah. Well, <clears throat> we all know where this is going. I am no say, love for Ghost or Dirty Dancing. Oh, I, I both great movies. Yeah, I love Ghost. Molly, you're in danger. Now you can't just blurt it out like that and quit moving around, will you? Because you're starting to make me dizzy. I just tell her in my own way. Molly, you in danger, girl. What are you talking about? I know the man who killed me. He knows the man who killed him. His name is Willie Lopez, and I know where he lives. His name is Willie Lopez. He's Puerto Rican. He knows where he lives. Write it down. He wants you to write it down. You write it down. I ain't no damn secretary. Just just do it. He's so testy. Yeah, when we first came up with this, we realized we'd both seen this documentary. Like, oh, let's do Patrick Swayze. I yeah. was like, oh, he's going to pick Point Break. I'm going to pick Red Dawn. So right. whatever Cliff picks. But I like that you're giving, you know, they're giving us some love here because he <clears throat> honestly, what, the, but the problem is this is the kapow. We're, you know, we get to put what we mm-hmm. want, but I think the public would put Dirty Dancing. You'd, yeah, you know, num- I do too. You'd have, yeah, I'd, and I'd agree. Yeah. Like that's they'd have to do that. That's he is. That's what he's number one known for is dirty dancing. Hello, lucky friend, lucky, lucky, lucky. Look, spaghetti on. This is my dance space. This is your dance space. I don't go into yours. You don't go into mine. You gotta hold the frame. Again, frame. 
Yeah, I can remember being in like third grade in elementary school. All the girls, that was their favorite oh, movie, was Dirty Dancing and watching it over and over and over again. And there for a long time, like, that was a common movie to, you know, that would replay on network television on like a Saturday or a Sunday a lot, so. Well, I will admit, I have never watched it. Oh, are you serious? Really? I've never seen Dirty Dancing. Wow. Pretty good movie. It's a good it's movie. Not, yeah. You know, it's not. I have nothing against it. It's just not one. I, and I'm sure I've seen clips, and I know mm-hmm. everybody puts baby in a corner. I know all the famous right. endless love yeah, and all that yeah. stuff. But yeah, she's like the <laughs> great soundtrack. Um, <laughs> he's, he's, but yeah, I I could I I like Roadhouse as a yeah. I did a, too. Even the documentary they call it the best bad movie ever made. Yeah, like yeah. it's oh, terrible, man. but it's I really so like it. I love it. I could also vote for Ghost. I mean, that's just a. a as far as a, a romantic, <laughs> I did it. <laughs> Let's let that sit for a minute. <laughs> yeah. So you guys already you know what you're danger girl. Well, I I just I, I I love Red Dawn. It is in my top ten. I I I could watch it any night of the week. I've got no. your top ten uh, in my phone. Good. I'm glad you do because I don't. Um, <laughs> I love I can't this wait movie. To tell you what it is. And I but you know, for as far as his one job, no, it's not the most iconic role. I get mm-hmm. it, so I won't vote for it. But it for me, I just I I have to always stick up for Red Dawn because it gets put in the category with like Roadhouse. It's that cheesy '80s movie where a bunch of teenagers stop the Russians, and it's not that. Rewatch no, it. I agree. It's, it's a not good that, movie. but it, but I, I can't agree with that either. <laughs> That's my thing. I agree. It's not a cheesy '80s movie, and it's but uh, it's not good. Like I don't love Red Dawn. It's too long. It's too serious. It's too much. I was I was I rewatched it like a couple years ago. I was like, isn't it? I loved it as a kid. I was just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> they're dropping down by my school. I always go play more. Put Red Dawn together with um, that Tom Cruise movie. With uh, George C. Scott taps taps yeah. For some reason, I don't know why. Maybe I saw them about it at the same time, but I always equate the two together. Yeah. I don't same know why. Type of thing. Serious yeah. in a school, mm-hmm. and there's serious stuff going on. But I also identify it's the the Jed Eckert, Maddie Eckert. It's the brother dynamic, uh, being an older brother, yeah. also being a younger brother. But I liked the role uh, that, that Swayze had. With a young Charlie Sheen. Not bad for a bunch of kids, huh? And at one point in high school, our drumline, we named, we didn't tell them where it was from, but we gave everyone a nickname. I was Jed, my brother Jared was Maddie, and we just, we named it, uh, the, 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 um, he was a little off, so we, we called him Robert. Uh, Soul Man. Yeah. So, and we gave everybody names, and the two guys in the pit, or uh, because what, uh, what's uh, what are you naming after the girls? Yeah, Jennifer Gray's <laughs> name. I can't remember. Uh, but one has a more masculine name, uh, Tony. The girl's name was Tony. Yeah, and the other was Erica. So there's only one guy in the whole section we called Erica. It's like, why am I the girl? <laughs> that story led nowhere, but That's I like. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I liked it. Yeah. So I, I, I was, I even for a very short time, I was even called Jed. I'm willing to negotiate something. Yeah. Okay. I would. I would vote Roadhouse. I'm telling you straight. It's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. 
if you wanted to if we wanted to make that uh if we wanted to put our hands together a miho <laughs> all right people who really want to have a good time won't come to a slaughterhouse and we've got entirely too many troublemakers here too many uh 40-year-old adolescents, felons, power drinkers, and trustees of modern chemistry. It's going to change. I can also vote point break. Like, okay, it's, yeah, it's I mean, right there, too. So what's the biggest? Why, man? Ridden? Yeah. Kaha. Gain a point. Bells Beach, Australia. Whoa, whoa. No way Bells is bigger than YMA, bro. We'll be next year. Bodhi believes the 50-year storm is coming next year. 50-year storm. What's that? That's kind of a legend. No, it's real. It's absolutely real. Everything moves in cycles. So twice a century, the ocean lets us know just how small we really are. A winter storm comes out of Antarctica, tearing up the Pacific. And it sends a huge swell north 2,000 miles. And when it hits Bell's Beach, it'll turn into the biggest surf this planet has ever seen, and I will be there. So will I. You want the ultimate, you gotta be willing to pay the ultimate price. It's not tragic to die doing what you love. All these movies, there's no real clear winner for me, so I can right. very easily be swayed. Yeah, Cliff, can start. You give us a talk, try to talk us into whatever you're thinking. Well, uh, immediately, the two I thought of were Dirty Dancing and Roadhouse. Personally, I like Roadhouse. Um, I think I know where this is headed. <laughs> I think I, I can remember the first time I watched Roadhouse. We were on vacation. We were at my aunt and uncle's house in Jacksonville, Florida. It came on HBO one day, one afternoon. I think we were waiting around to go do something or other. And I sat there and watched Roadhouse. And like, I thought it was it's the, the greatest, greatest thing you've ever seen. <laughs> it was oh, amazing. Definitely. The first time you see that movie. Well, every time you see that movie, you think, this is the greatest movie <laughs> ever made. Um. But yeah, and those were the, the the two that came immediately to the top of my brain. Um, I think Ghost is great. Pain, it's not my favorite, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not my favorite. But yeah, I think there. It, I think there's something to be said for Dirty Dancing. I think that was probably his biggest mainstream hit. It was like you said. There, there are certain things in that movie, lines or moments that. Live on forever. Nobody puts baby in a corner. Um, I think that's what he's remembered for the most. Jennifer Grey is g- great in that movie, and and Jerry Orbach, um, of course, play, played her dad. Um, it's got a great cast to it. You know, this uh, resort in the 1960s Poconos, when people would va- va- still vacation there and places like that. And this uh, rich. Uh, Family goes for the summer, and uh, Patrick Swayze is the the dance instructor, and he's got his whole crew of dancers and and uh, kind of his I guess his ex girlfriend, um, and they have you know big parties at night, and of course the the little rich girl, you know, is just amazed by it. she's never seen anything like him or anything like them, and gets all involved in it. It's a great story. It's a great movie. Um, it's Roadhouse. <laughs> <laughs> T- 
take me down to the double deuce any night and muck the it up. Double douche. <laughs> it's Roadhouse for me. Well, and I did, I did get my nephew years and years ago. I taught him the line, "Pain don't hurt," <laughs> and he whipped it out one time playing baseball. He got hit with a ball, like ah, pain don't hurt. And I was yeah. like, that it was literally it was the greatest, proudest moment right. of my uncleing career. <laughs> Your uncleing <laughs> career. Mm. Well, well, I think we did it. I think we're just gonna have to go with that. Yeah, I'm okay with me. Pal history. He's James Dalton. He's real. Thought he'd be bigger. <laughs> the name is Dalton. All right. All right. We're pushing it a little bit, but we got one more thing to get to. Well, we'll let's fly through it. There's something very important I forgot to tell you. What? Don't cross the streams. Okay, I'm gonna. I only got one thing. I'm gonna All say right. real quick. Uh, Justin was telling us about Dark Crystal. Yeah, Cole and Age of Resistance. Um, I thought I'd try it out. Everybody's saying it's great. I watched. My son and I sat down. We got food. We got ready to watch, and we made it about halfway through the first episode before he looked at me and said what I was thinking. He's like, "I can't eat and watch this because <laughs> there's." freaking snot coming out of the skexis one of their noses and it was so gross it was like oh turn in my stomach and i so i hate that part of it but eventually i got back to it when i was not eating and finished the first episode and it was freaking phenomenal and i that's all i've watched though is one episode and i'm planning to try to burn through some episodes this weekend because it's just gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Yeah, it ain't and, no CGI snot. That's practical that's right. snot. That's real snot. That's it puppet was, snot. I mean, I could do without that. <laughs> but the rest of it's great. It's just got a bunch of good voice actors. Mark Hamill's in there. and yeah. It's just... It's it's gorgeous is the main uh, thing. It's got like a real Game of Thrones feel to it. I still remember as a kid watching that scene where they take the chamberlain into the and like strip him down of all his mm-hmm. you know you know he has the feathers and the and they like he's this weird naked chicken i remember being like so freaked out by <laughs> the skexies and their weird twisted bodies it's like oh that's ter- that terrified me as a kid well it's amazing to watch I'll tell yeah you. i'm real. i haven't watched any yet i'm really looking forward to it i uh carly and i had a conversation about it and she's never seen Dark Crystal. I haven't either. So, oh, okay. Well, it and was I don't a, feel like I need to. It was an. It's our plan. We want to sit down and watch Dark Crystal first, and then really get into it because I really think she'll enjoy it. She's twelve. Yeah. Um. But right now we're so. I think she will because it, it's. I mean, I could see. Yeah. Anybody liking this? Yeah. We just haven't had time to do it right now. We're so enthralled with junior high volleyball that she's playing every night and games all over the county that we just haven't had time to do it yet. And I'm so looking forward to it. It'll be there. So, you got any streaming? Nope. Nope. I have a little bit. Um, Titan season two on DC Universe. Um, season one we talked about. It was okay. Outsiders. That was. Are we still at the? Subtitle. It was like no, 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 Teen Titans. No, no, yeah. This is Titans, the live action. Live action. Yes, it's out already. Yes, already out. Good grief. Uh, We've I watched season uh, episode two premiered today. I've watched uh, one and two. Um, It's getting better. I don't know if they've changed up some of the writers or what is happening, 
but um, it's definitely gotten better. I think just as the series has come out, like Titans came out and it was good. I had problems with it. Um, wasn't great in any way. Then Doom Patrol came out and was like my favorite thing. And then Swamp Thing came out. And of course, episode one premiered and then they canceled it that day because of that. We talked about all that mess. But like it, it was highly acclaimed. Um, so next we've gotten Titan season two um, dealing with the aftermath. Season one was all about Raven and... It was the basic story arc was the Titans were done. Dick um, encounters Raven. They have to save her. They get Starfire. They get um, Beast Boy. And um, it was it was it had really good stuff about it. But season two, we pick it up at it's basically the truck. It's the ending more or less of season one better than season one did because uh, we find out what happens with raven and her father trigon she brings him back um into this realm which of course you know trigon's a major teen titans villain do they make is he like human looking or do they make him he's demonic he has a human form at first and then yeah they he grows and becomes you know the with the thing with all the eyes and the big demon looking thing but it's pretty quick i mean they contain him to (laughs) to one episode it's really just getting the start season start started of course, Trigon comes, you know, and he, he's comes into our world to take over to kill everybody. He immediately um, takes control of all the Titans except for Raven and Beast Boy, um, and makes them. <clears throat> in the confrontation, he has to break Raven's heart to unleash his full power. But um, they wrap it up pretty quick with Trigon, and we move on on to San Francisco Titans Tower. Um, Dick takes. Beast Boy, he takes um, Jason Todd, the new Robin, um, Raven, and uh, I think that's it. To San Francisco to figure it all out, he's going to train them, right? He's no longer Robin. The best thing I'm loving so far is we finally meet Bruce Wayne. He's an older 60-ish Bruce Wayne, um, he's played by, um, from Game of Thrones, Ian Glenn, um, he is great. I, when they cast him, I was like, he has blonde hair. He can't be Bruce Wayne. <laughs> um, but he's so good. I love, it's just enough of him, but he has this kind of Adam West, in a good way, uh, vibe going on. He's the elder Batman He's very stoic, um, and he's still guiding Dick Grayson, and in, in a way, you know, Dick had so much anger towards Batman when he left. Oh, I heard. Yeah, and uh, so we're dealing with that. And Jason, you know, Jason's an ass. Um, <laughs> he just straight up is. So <clears throat> we're dealing with those. They're off in San Francisco, but we're we've already been introduced. Um, Starfire. It teams up with Wonder Girl, Donna Troy. They're in Chicago. Um, Hawk and Dove, who are my favorite part of the show. Uh, Hawk and Dove are in Wyoming. Um, Hank is a drug addict, so he's trying to help uh, other kids recover and, and learn to live with their addiction and deal with it properly. And then while he deals with his own, um, they're off in Wyoming. 
and uh, basically we get a new we get a new villain. Um, Doctor Light escapes from prison with the help of somebody we don't know who yet, and then we're introduced later in the episode um, by Rose to Rose Wilson, Deathstroke's daughter. Um, Deathstroke was in episode one. Um, we got a little what he's been up to lately with him. Um, Rose Wilson is... I got her name right here. And, um, anyways, Chelsea Zhang is playing Rose. And Cella Man plays uh, Joseph, the other uh, Deathstroke child in this one. We haven't been introduced to them yet. That's, that's a third version of Deathstroke we've got. we got the yeah. movie Deathstroke, yeah. the CW Deathstroke, now the DC Deathstroke. Right. And then um, we're still waiting on uh, this Joshua Orpin, which made an appearance in the last episode as Connor Kent. Um, he hasn't come yet, uh, hasn't come to screen yet on season two, but I'm waiting on him. And then uh, Michael Mosley is the guy, the actor portraying uh, Dr. Light. Um, pretty cool effect with him. He's using people and his powers to basically use light to explode them. Um, it's pretty graphic. <laughs> Definitely, uh, Carly, go to your room. But it's very good. I, it's much improved. The other thing is a Netflix show I watched, Working Mom Season 3, guys. You're pregnant. A woman with child is so beautiful. Is she? Squeeze my hand. No, I'm good, man. I'm good. Do we need to go to the hospital? I will drive you there. You, no. Mom, let's go. Are you sure? I can't help you to the car. Get away from me, bro. Okay. Super weird. Come on. Super weird. You've had one hell of a year. You are long overdue for some D. I'm like 6,000 kegels away from any kind of D. Your hair's gross, lady. Jojo, that's no way to speak to your mother's friend. Oh, do not make me call the police again. You okay? Oh, yeah. Motherhood is a miracle. My fertility isn't a joke. I got eggs. What kind of kid you want? Resourceful? I once broke into a van with nothing but a hammer and a beer. What was the beer for? I, I drank it, and then I smashed the window with the hammer. You've got to stop creeping on houses and stuff. What? All parents do it. It'd be irresponsible not to. Where is this? At LSD. Let's do that. How long do we have till this stuff kicks in? Till what kicks in? Are you okay? I'm great. I'm in jail. I'm high. N uh, not super high, just like a medium high. I almost said, where, what's happening on Working Mom? Oh, man. It's all, it went down on Working Mom. I think this moms. isn't even a real show. I think he just makes up this stuff. <laughs> uh, recap season two cliffhanger. Um, Kate. Catherine Reitman, who is the creator of the show, the writer, director of most of the episodes, uh, at her friends. It's it's a wedding, but they don't call it a wedding. Commitment cer ceremony in the at the end of the last season um, catches her husband making out with the uh, with the nanny. So that's how they left off. Um, season two picks up. Uh, time has passed. Um, she split up with her husband. Uh, she's started her own PR firm. So she is still working. She's still working. Okay, that's important. Um, still momming? Yep. She's uh, got her own place now. And the other characters, Anne is her best friend. She's the uh, psychologist. Working. 
uh, yes, working. Um, Anne has taken a job at a local school or I guess university as a psych, uh, psychologist or psychiatrist. I don't know which one she is. Doesn't really matter. And then Frankie has found her way back into realty and is doing quite well for herself after her separation and uh, raising uh, her daughter Rhoda. Mommin. Mommin and working. And uh, Terrible Jenny is back. Um, she Terrible Jenny really wasn't... Bad. Yeah, she was awful. Wasn't in much of the second season. She was the original fourth mom, working mom. Um, then they kind of wrote her out because nobody liked her. Um, she's back. Ringo of mo- working mom. Yes. <laughs> she's back. <laughs> um, she gets a promotion at her work. Of course, quickly, the employees all hate her. Uh, she hires her ex-husband, Ian, to be a business boy because once she gets a promotion, gets uh, <laughs> he, he's lost his... Sounds like a superhero team, working mom and business boy. Yeah. <laughs> Quick, business boy. Get back to work. Yeah, so she gets him on the books as a business boy. Um, of course, everybody hates her at her work now because she's awful and they love Ian. But the best thing they did this season is they they kind of removed Jenny and they replaced her with the mommy and me teacher Val and Val is uh, played by Sarah McVie and she is great she plays the ultimate weirdo mom um, nuts out floating around in the cloud somewhere uh, and she has these horrible children these teenage boys um, but she is great. The best episode was episode number eight in t- uh, called Girls Trip, where um, Kate and Frankie and Val take a trip um, out into the wilderness. Uh, they get a cabin. They do LSD and end up at the police station. It's really good. The, big, the other big thing is I told my wife this after watching it. She finished it before I did, and she is a working mom. <laughs> Well, that's why. And I was telling her, I said, I like every character and every story arc in the show, except except for the main character, and I cannot stand her. She is horrible. Catherine Reitman's Kate character, I don't like her at all. Um, instead of trying to fix her marriage, she's out philandering around town with these different guys and 22 year olds making her unlikable or you just personally don't like i think you're like are you supposed to like her or is she i I think you're i really do believe you're supposed to like her and like feel empathy that you know she's trying so hard and the uh, something bad happened to her but she just completely makes it worse (laughs) i do not like her at all um her husband who i actually i thought it was you know it was awful he's having an affair with the nanny yeah, it sounds like you really think it's awful. but but then he's paid for that or anything but it's like come on <laughs> take him back take yeah him it back. was awful right yeah. but like what she does like she takes what he does and doubles down like it's i was like i like him well, better separated. than you now you're horrible well if that was flipped what if she kissed the mailman and then he went out dating would you be like would you what would you think of him then I, w- I would not like him. Okay. Yeah. Good answer. Yeah. <laughs> I do not like cheaters. Okay. 
So, yeah, Working Moms, guys. Season 3, it's out. It's available on Netflix. Um, That's all I got, other than Disney Plus came out in the Netherlands and is available to them on a free trial right now. And I sent you guys a little video of a guy that was demonstrating it. We definitely watched it. (laughs) Twice. (laughs) No, I spent time trying to come up with lyrics for a song about Working Moms. Working with the cold moms. Working for a living. Working in a mom and then a mom and then a That's funny because we were oh, both coming up with our own songs. I had working in the coal moms. <laughs> oh, I want to say one more thing about Big Brother. I was sitting here thinking about uh, just uh, my son came in. I was watching last night. <laughs> he kind of knows how it works. If you get on the block to be voted out, you can somebody could win a veto and you could take somebody off the block. And he was like, he's like, hey, if we were in there together, he's like, would you and you won the veto, would you take me off the block? And I said, I wouldn't win the veto. I'd throw it. So I didn't have to take you off the block. He's like, why'd well, get voted out? I was like, yeah, you're holding me back. <laughs> Everybody thinks we're a duo. <laughs> He's like, you answered that way too fast. He's like, would you vote me out too? I was like, if everyone else was voting you out, I don't want to stick out like a sore thumb. You're not going to expect me. Uh, then I'll just get voted out next. He's like, ah. Oh. He's really upset. He's like, well, I would vote you out, too. I was like, you wouldn't vote your own dad out. You would go in the first minute you were there, like, do not call me dad. You would not want anyone to know you were I'm assuming they knew we were. You would already be playing the game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'd get rid of him so fast. (laughs) (laughs) He'd hold me back big time. Oh, anyway. Let's get Uh, out of here. All right. That was fun, huh? (laughs) Sure. Why yeah. Not? Thanks for listening. Thanks for checking out our social mediums. Yeah. Thanks for going to our Facebooks and Twittens and and social YouTube's. Mediums. That sounds like a title of a show or something. Social mediums. Yeah. Mm. Why didn't somebody come up with that? <laughs> I'm imagining Jennifer Love Hewitt. I'm listening. As a working mom and also a spiritual medium. A ghost whisperer. Who is. <laughs> On social media. So she's a. And I'm Seth! <laughs> Goodbye forever. <laughs>Pow, the pop culture podcast is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. All original content is property of www.udownwithkpp.com.